All right, so we're holding the end of uh, chapter Yudches. Page 46. Page 47. Achav Um So then we said, we said last time, even the people that know that they're not, it's not based on a, his bindus, klal at all. And they're not giving up their lives uh, based on das and his bindus at all. Okay. Ella, rather, so he says, like blishum das his bindus. Coming without das, without his bindus, right? In other words, it's not an intentional thing. I think that that's that's the point that he's bringing out here. That it's not coming from an intentional thought process. Whether you're talking about a connection in terms of das, which comes from uh, in a certain way, right? We know that das could either be a connector. You have das elyon, which is a connector between chokhmah and bina, or das. Lower level das is acting as a connector between bina and the emotions. So either way you look at it, das is, so to speak, is taking something and internalizing it, right? But based on, based on, it could be based on information, right? So it's not coming from there. It's more coming. It's not coming from a das of a information. Like in other words, um, right? When it discusses the idea of das, like for example, someone who. Um, someone who smokes, right? So someone who smokes, every day when they smoke, they see on the package of cigarettes, right? What do they see? They see that, uh, who's that? Yochanan? Yeah, Yochanan. Oh, Yochanan. Manishma Yochanan. You still in Israel? Yeah. Baruch Hashem, how are you? Baruch Hashem, partying in Israel, huh? Stay road. Yeah. You still in stay road? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what we're saying is that that uh, a person, right? So every single day when he sees a package of cigarettes, what does he see? He sees it uh, like a skull and crossbones, basically, on it, saying this will kill you. I mean, it's like uh, that's information. I mean, but it's not information that is necessarily internalized in the person that's smoking. He thinks that the the package is really referring to the guy next to him, not to him, obviously, right? That's how people live their lives. It's always talking about the other guy. It's not talking about him, right? So taking that information, right, and then driving it home, right, is the, is the power of Das, right? So that information, you know, chas v'shalom, chas all of a sudden he starts uh, coughing or something like that, and he starts putting two plus two together, and then he realizes, oh, you know, two plus two is equal to four. Uh, we, I have a problem here. Right, so that internalization is based on information. Right, in other words, based on the information that he has, right, he's now taking it to the next step of actually internalizing it into him and being able to say, "Oh, well, that is something that applies to me." So that's an intentional uh, thing, right, based on information or his bindness. What does it mean by his bindness? His bindness here means that that again he's thinking about it. Right, so here, what we're, what I, I think what the Alter Rebbe is trying to say here is that this whole uh, experience of mysterious nefesh is not a intentional uh, event that the person himself is dafka 
uh, initiating or uh, that he's not uh, whether he's initiating it or whether he is the one that is really uh, putting it together in some way in other words it's that's not what we're talking about that's the key that what he's trying to say so what where is it coming from it's coming from something in his soul that is just overriding you following so I think that that's what he's trying to say here Lichbor b'Hashem, echad blishum time v'taina v'maina, right? So, what's this idea? It's universal. It's universal, right? So we we are applying to uh, what types of people have we mentioned so far? Uh, what? What type of people have we talked about uh, that this applies to? Number one, I'm one extreme. Ameyar, it would be like, like yeah, in the middle. But the extreme would be what? Poshe Yisrael, Ameyar, right? Nashim, and then on the other extreme would be what? The, like the Rosh Hashiva type, the Talmud Yechachamim, right? So this applies to all of them, right? And because of the lack of intentional uh, action, maybe you could say, what's the best way to put this? Intentional what? Lack of intent? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So, despite that, it's applying to everyone. What else does he say here? What does he say? Right? It's not something that can be taken from someone. Well, he's not talking so much about taking it away. What is he talking about here? I don't want to separate Hashem. It's impossible. It's impossible. What does that mean? It's impossible. What is, what is he trying to get at? It's embedded in everyone. Okay, it's embedded in him. Yeah. What else? What else are we trying to say it's here? It's not a choice. It's not a choice, right? So this is this is a key element that it's not a choice. Now contrast that. We're going to see a little bit more about this in chapter nineteen. Uh, to uh, when a non-Jew does mysterious nefesh. How, what does that look like? Self-involved. Well, I don't know if it's self-involved as much as where is it coming from. He has his principles, and he wants to. He'd rather stick to his principles than give them up. Oh, right. The, but it, but it's intellect. It's 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 something based on principles. It's based on his uh, understanding of the situation. It's based on his something that he lives with. Right. He's going to die for the country. Right. He's going to die for this such and such a religion. He's going to die because he's going to get such and such a reward. Whatever it is, right? In other words, it's because of some reason. Here, it's not because of any reason, right? This is a very different experience. This is something that overrides that he really, when it says E. Epshar, right, what does that tell me? It's impossible. What? We're saying like it's impossible. It's impossible. So, what does that mean, it's impossible? gonna come out one way or the other it's impossible meaning that he doesn't have any choice choice that's the key point here right in other words this is not something that he is deciding he doesn't have any choice behind it that's that's the this is this is the point that he's trying to bring out here that this is not a conscientious decision that is not what this is it just it can't be any other way is it like a a mother or someone like stepping 
pulling your child out of the way. Like it's not like a mental calculation; it's just a reaction. It could be. That's sort of what he's saying. He's saying that it's not something that a person is thinking about or deciding. It's something that it's ef shar. It's impossible for him to do it. But he think about it. This person. Let's talk about the poisha Yisrael for a second. His whole life, right? He's not ready to keep one Shabbos. He's not ready to hold himself back from eating non-kosher food, right? And he has a shita behind it also. It's not just like, uh, you know, it's not just like, uh, whatever, I'm, you know, I just feel like eating this uh, hamburger right now. No, it, there's a shita. A posha Yisrael is like, he has a shita, you know. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole developed concept in his mind why he's going to eat this cheeseburger, right? Uh, he's going to show him. He's going to dafka make a barbecue on Yom Kippur, right, to show the world that what he thinks about this whole business, right? This is, this is, the, this is, this is the idea. So this person, if given his own, you know, given to his own uh, decision-making process, not in a million years is he going to die for this. That doesn't make any sense. Nevertheless, it's impossible for him now to deny the one Hashem. That's the point that he's bringing out. This is not a choice. This is, this is something that overrides all the systems in the person. And that's the idea. Namely, Meshum Shahashem Echad Meir Umechaye Kola Nefesh. So what does that mean? First of all, the first thing you have to look at is two things should stand out to you when you're reading. I'm, I'm trying to train you guys when you're reading the Tanya. What are the two things? What are the two words that stand out to you? Um, Good. Meir Mechaye. What's your question on it? Um, like what is this doing to a person? Not so much what is it doing to a person. I'm talking about now literary. If you look at it from a literary point of view. Um, you should well, ask yourself one question. What's the difference? Right. Why does he have to bring both of these words here? So you may never find out the reason. But you have to know when you're looking at Tanya, if he's saying Meir and Mechaye, there's a reason why he's bringing these two words. Right? Why didn't he just say Mechaye? Right? If you look, I think... Where is it? Right, he says over here that the Chachm is Tichye, right? Over here, he doesn't bring Meir. It's Mechaye, right? He's bringing that point. So why over here does it say Meir Mechaye? In other words, what I want you to get into the habit of is when you see, when you're looking in Hasidus, when you see these types of uh, phrases, it's all over the place. And it's all over the place. What? Another question. Why Tom, the Tain of Amina? Right? What did he have to bring this? Right? It's a very interesting question. Why? Why is he always? You see, with Alter Rebbe, he's constantly bringing these types of, you know, list of like three different things to bring out the point, right? I don't know. What do you think? Tam v'tayin of Amina is. Tam means what? Reason. Reason. What's taina? Tayin of Amina sort of go together as a phrase, but that's a phrase. Yeah, taina means like a complaint. 
or make a claim, right? It's claiming this, claiming that. In other words, like there's a there's a cause, right? Yeah. So there's no there's no claims, there's no causes, there's no vort, there's no this, there's no that. Right? right? So then you say, why does it say mayor Right? That's another question. I don't know, why does it have to say that? Well, what what's the difference between or and chayus? Or Anyone ever come across that sugya before? Maybe or is not always internalized. Right, or is on a higher level, so to speak. Machai is more into the kishkas of the thing. I mean, it, is, it requires a little bit more explanation than what I'm saying right now, but uh, or is more coming from a makif point of view, right? And machai is, is the idea of into the panemius, right? And that's maybe why it says ayideshe hislab shusa, bechinas etc. So the idea here is maybe you could say that it's not only that Hashem is, uh, so to speak, mayor, right? So you'd imagine that it's a may- mayor. Mayor is more, it makes more sense, right? Because remember, the second thing is always going to be like more of a chiddush, right? So it's, mayor, in a sense, makes more sense because it's more of a, in a makif way that Hashem is in general creating, in general, uh, he's giving life and whatever, Machaya is more uh, intimate. It, it's more closely related to the word hislabshus. Uh, right? It's more closely related to the idea of internalization into uh, a particular limb or into, into a particular uh, person or what exactly how, how, it, uh, how the person is expressing itself. So I think what you could say is that what the Alter is saying here is that because it's really... Um, giving the life into the person from every aspect, both from a more of a makif as well as a panemistic aspect. And it's coming down into every, a, every part of the person, right? So it's, it's overwhelming the rotson, it's overwhelming even the way he moves his fingers, right? What is coming down? This or from the or in sof, right? This, uh, from the way Hashem is, is, is involved, the or in sof is involved in his chachma, so that is now penetrating every aspect of the person. In other words, you've somehow woken up this energy. And by waking up this energy, it's sort of coming in and taking over for whatever was there before in a revealed way. In other words, it's, we have to say it's always there. You can't say it's not there, right? Otherwise, what else are we living on? It's always there. The difference is that here now it's being felt in a revealed way. Because it's being felt in a revealed way, so it doesn't really give him a choice about whether he wants to wants to follow through on on this idea or not. Adarab, it's giving him no choice because it's giving him no choice. That's why it says Ef Shar, right? Lichbar It's impossible for him to do it because why? Because it just it overwhelms the energy overwhelms him, and therefore he doesn't have a choice. What are you going to ask? Oh, uh, two, two separate things. One, it, it's seeming like um, it's saying, like, why couldn't it just, why couldn't it just have said, uh, it seems like it's saying, because uh, it's pointing a spotlight on where, on like, what that is, like, here it is, 
and then it's also working. So it's like giving them some kind of way of saying this isn't doesn't make sense. That's where it's from. Not really, because Meir, it's shining on them as well. It's just shining on them. It's shining on the person from every aspect. That's, I think, what he's trying to bring out. It's shining from a makiftika point of view and also a panemiastika point of view. So it's coming from every angle. Because it's coming from every angle, it, it overcomes, it overwhelms everything that's the normal operating system. And the second thing is, um, up until when we talked about Klal, Yichbol, Vashem Echad, um, and then we, we mentioned Hashem Echad again, but it didn't seem like, oh, it did. Uh, never mind. Okay. Is there a difference between when it says Hashem Echad and just Hashem? Because other places... Well, I think that he's trying to bring out this point. Hashem Echad means, what? What do you think, actually? What? Why did you have to write Hashem Echad? Anyone? New Tabu, why did you say Hashem Echad? Okay, go ahead, Isaac. But either one. Go ahead. Yeah, that's the idea, right? Because the, the discussion on hand is why is he doing Messias Nafish? Because someone is sitting there and saying, bow down to this statue, where else? And what we're going to see in chapter 19 is that you might think that, you know, that at least Bechitsonius, let, let him, you know, why, the, the basic question is on this whole discussion is really the whole thing doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, throughout history, we've seen countless times that people, uh, regardless of whether they're, they are, you know, Talmud Echachamim or Pocha Yisrael or whatever, everywhere in between, that they're told, you know, bow down to the statue. And, uh, you know, why doesn't he just bow down to the statue and then go carry on with the rest of his life? In other words, a person lives, let's say, 120 years, right? God willing, right? So how, how, how much time does this one interaction in his life percentage-wise, take up of his life. I mean, it's one percentage of one day, right? You have 365 days a year, right? He's living, let's say, God willing, 100 years. So that's 36,500 days, let's imagine, right? So this is one, one of 36,500. It's not even 1%. It's point zero 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 whatever. I don't know, what is it? Offhand? <laughs> no, okay. Point zero 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 whatever, right? Days of his life. And even in that day, you know, what is it? It's for five minutes? Okay, let's say, let's say it's a 20-minute experience. So it, it doesn't even make up 1% of a person's life. I mean, think about it in terms of our own lives. How many things that we've done in our lives that are just totally ridiculous things? And Garach Hashem, we've moved on from it, Right? <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, that's what happens with life, you know, the, the, with the life of a Baljuba, you think back and you say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this, and I can't believe I did that, and, you know, it's like, uh, thank God we're able to move on, we're moving on, you know, we're, we're hopefully turning over a new leaf, right, we're now past three weeks, right, we're like ready to do, you know, get into the L frame of mind, we're going to do tshuva, and, you know, we're already doing tshuva, and like we're ready to like power forward, right, so if you think about it, like the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Right. Let him bow down to the statue, right, for, for, for exactly three seconds, and get on with his life. Go, go move to, um, go move to um, you know, to uh, whatever, to Borough Park or something. I don't know. You know, why whatever. What? Why is it so time-oriented? I'm just saying that there's so many things in our lives. He could have been thinking inside of himself. Why doesn't he just think inside of himself? Look, I'll just, like, bow down. 
I know in my inside, I like I think this thing is a, just a big rock or a piece of wood or whatever, and I, this is the dumbest thing I ever looked at. But you know what? I'm not, <laughs> you know. So I'll 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 bow down so that way I don't die. And now I'll carry on with the rest of my life. I'll, you know, keeping Shabbos and keeping kosher and, and, and learning Torah. I'll learn through Shas 10 times. And, you know, uh, you know like, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a, a smarter uh, calculation? I think, I, I mean, if you think about it, Mitzah the Seichel of it, that would make much more sense. No. Why? Because it's, because it's important. It doesn't matter the time. It, it's a very important thing. But if you think about it, right, we, we've all done, there, if you think about it, even in, in Yiddishkeit, Right? If a person, chas v'shalom, chas v'chalila, we should never hear from such things. A person all of a sudden, God forbid, gets very sick uh, on Shabbos. What does he do? Goes to the hospital. Goes to the hospital. Call an ambulance. Get in the car and drive the guy to the hospital to save his life. It's breaking Shabbos. What's the concept? The concept is, is that it's better to break one Shabbos, so that way you could could have a lot of Shabbos. Right? Okay, so, so this is the question, though. The question is, why is it different? Why is that different? In other words, that should be in his mind. Let me bow down for, for two seconds here, and then I'm going to carry on. With, I'll move to Borough Park. I don't have to live in uh, Timbuktu anymore. I'll, live, I'll move to Crown Heights. I'll move to whatever, Muncie or Akkadish. I'll move to Yerushalayim, right? Yeah, I'll move somewhere like that, and I won't have to, I won't have to be in, you know, involved in, in all this other nonsense anymore. You know? I'll go live in Meisharim. I know Meisharim. They probably don't have any of these types of uh, issues. So therefore, that's where I'll live. Why doesn't he think like that? The answer is, logically speaking, that makes much more sense. It's not about logic. So this is, this is, but why is it not about logic? That's the question. It's not, even what you're saying, it's not, a, it's not because it's different. It's the same. But logically, that would be a much smarter way of handling the situation. What is, what is the Alter Rebbe saying here, though, to us? When he says, E.F. Shar. It's not about logic. But why isn't it about logic? Everything is about logic, isn't it? Well, couldn't you say it is about logic because it's one of the three things you're supposed to... But, well, no, it's true. If Once you put it in a rule like that, that is true. Oh. Yeah, but Poshe Israel doesn't know that it's the three things. What are the three things? Maybe I don't even know. Right. Uh, if you're to murder someone or uh, do idolatry or moral sexual relations then it's you should the give Ten up commandments. Yeah. But a push, it but certainly a push, is so a Shabbos but a, but a push, yeah, but it's not a Shabbos <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah but do not kill is lower down <laughs> so, is that less important? no it's, 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 it's supposed to give up your life not to kill another person unless they're coming to attack you true that's not what we're talking about there though so again so so the point that he's trying to bring, what he's bringing out here is it's dafka not about any tam, v'tayna, v'mayna. It's not, it's not about that. It's not, it's not something that he is logically thinking about in his brain because this is, this is the whole point of what he's saying. It's this energy comes over him and through him and into him and, and in the panemius and his kishkes that doesn't allow him. It's, when it says E.F. Shar here, that's exactly the point. Because if he would stop and think about it for a second, that would be the normal mode of thinking. The normal mode of thinking would be, look, let me just, uh, this is such nonsense. I'm going to bow down to a, to a rock. I mean, like, what a, what a ridiculous thing is this, you know? Let me just bow down to this rock and, and carry on with the rest of my life, you know? Like I said, I'll, I'll go through shots ten times, uh, you know? Uh, think about all the positive. 
because at that point in time, it's not about him thinking. That's the whole point that he's trying to bring out here. It's that this unbelievable nuclear energy comes in, takes him over, and doesn't allow him in any manner to deny Hashem Echad. That's the whole point. And that's what he's going to go on to say in chapter 19 a lot more clearly when he brings out this idea of, for example, the, the example of Khan and her seven sons, that even the young child, when the king says to him, look, uh, I'll just put my ring on the floor, you pick up the ring, and everyone else will think, and, and I won't kill you, why do I have to kill you? You know, you're a little kid, like, what, what's the point of this, you know? No, he's not willing to do that. That makes no sense. That's the whole point. It doesn't make sense. The whole Nakuda here is this is not a logical point. And that's why it has to say, E. Efshar, Lich Bor Bashem Echad, Bli Shum Tam, Taino, Maina, etc. Klal. Namely, why? Vahainu. Remember, Vahainu is always our explanation. Vahainu. Why? Mishum Shashem Echad, Meir Machai Kola Nefesh. That's the reason why. It's, it's him. And it, now, the point I would say that, that we have to bring out here is that the difference is that it's not like to, right now, uh, you know, at, at night now, at, at, at whatever time it is, 8.03, now is when it's Machaya Meir. No, it's always Meir Machaya. It's not, it's not. It always is. It's just that it's concealed. Because it's concealed, he could then use his, his intellect to be able to to look at every scenario and decide how he's going to handle his life. At this moment, all of a sudden, the, the, you know, the curtains peel back and all of a sudden it's like, you know, here he is, right? This, that, that's it. When, it. when you're in that situation, your whole intellect is, not, is no longer you running the show anymore. It's, it's overwhelmed by this new energy that, that you're experiencing. Not that you weren't experiencing it before. You were experiencing it before also. It's just it was totally, reve- it was totally concealed before. Now it's, it's in a revealed way. And with this situation, right? That's the point that he's saying. So that's what he's saying here. Through it's his labshus. Which is an interesting word to use because how could you say that the Orient of is mislabish into anything, right? Mislabish means that it is concealing itself in order to, in order to dress itself into whatever it is that it's going into. So in other words, when you have hislabshus, that means gilui. Gilui means who is dictating the relationship, the makabal. Always remember that. The concept of gilui means that the makabal is the one that's dictating the relationship. If I were to sit here and give this shir in Japanese, I can give an amazing shir, but that's not called gilui. Because as far as I know, most of you do not understand Japanese, right? So the point is, is that who is dictating the, the relationship? The makabal is dictating the relationship. And therefore, it has to be in the language of the makabal, that something the makabal right, is going to understand. And therefore, there has to be a change on the part of the, on the part of what? The mashpia. Right? Those are the rules. The rules of Gilui, three rules. Number one, there has to be a makabal. Number two, that the makabal is dictating the relationship. And number three is that there has to be a, a limitation on the part of the mashpia. Right? Because since the makabal is dictating the relationship, right, so the mashpia has to shift the way he understands it to the way the makabal is going to understand it. That's the proper thing. So when he says here, it's lapshus, which is a synonym with gilui, 
that means that the Chachma, in a certain way, is dictating the relationship. Well, that sort of makes sense, because we just said before, the Chachma is nondescript. Right? Kayachma. And that's why it's able to, so to speak, in, in some way or another, able to hold on to, right, this Hislabshus from the Or Sof, which, you know, literally the terms are not exactly... Uh, flying exactly right because once you say you're dealing with the orainsof right then you can't have his lobshes because then it's then then <laughs> there is nothing it doesn't limit itself that's the opposite you can't have infinite that limits itself what does that mean infinite that's limited uh, those are two opposite words but somehow it works out and that's what he says in the dafka it's dafka has to be into chachma because chachma is the only place that is not overbearing and you know in in such a way that it would so to speak, set its mark onto the Orensov. And that's why the Orensov is able to go into the Chachma. Then that, but from there, right? which is way above the, the Das and the Seichel. Mistama is referring to, right? It's above Das, it's above Bina, right? And it's above a total, right? It's, something, it's above something that you could grasp intellectually or move on something that you could grasp in details, right, of, of what's going on here, right? And that's what's shining into the person. And at that moment, when it shines into the person, so then it's therefore completely uh, takes over in an absolute way. So uh, that's, that's the idea of living with mysterious nefesh. Right, which is the whole, which is if you, if you go to the Rebbe's Maimer of Atat this is what he discusses here. How could it be that someone could, um, first of all, you could have a person that's living with mysterious nafish for more than one minute for an extended period of time, like the people like uh, that were in you know the Hasidim in Russia that were living with mysterious nafish for an extended period of time, they were constantly right uh, doing things that were completely you know giving up their lives. Or, you know, right, they were teaching Yiddishkeit, right, on an ongoing basis that you could have someone that's living with mysterious nefesh for, you know, uh, whatever, a week or two weeks or two years or five years. Yet, when, as the Rebbe says in that Mimer, that when they came to America, they went to Israel, all of a sudden they, they cooled down a little bit. Well, why? How did that happen? So the Rebbe explains, because of the fact that it was mysterious nefesh, it was overriding the system and it didn't wind up changing his system of thought. And because it didn't change his system of thought, so therefore he went back to pre-Mysterious Nefesh, if you can imagine, such a concept, right? Uh, the same person as he was before the Mysterious Nefesh becomes the same person he is after the Mysterious Nefesh. And that's where the Rebbe goes on to explain that there's different levels of Mysterious Nefesh. Okay, that's a, a whole different discussion. But this concept is an important concept to understand. First of all, the Mysterious Nefesh doesn't have to only be for one second. And second of all, the, uh, what, we're, what we're talking about here is that the mysterious nefesh, right, doesn't wind up making a lasting change in the person. Because really, the idea is that the, the person wants, it needs to be in a way that, that it's internalized in his normal operating uh, system. And that's not what mysterious nefesh does. So somehow, where we're going with this, and we have to stop here for now, but where we're going with this, we have to understand this better, which is what 19 is going to do, chapter 19, and then we have to understand how can we uh, basically use this information to be able to tap into it at any given point in time in order to, like he explained back in chapter 14, to be able to control right, himself at any given moment. 
clearly this this energy is is extremely powerful to the point that it causes a person to to uh, die right so therefore the question is can you use the same power to make to be able to live with it and really the the most important question is how can i at will or can i at will tap into this energy because you can imagine if you had the capability of tapping into this energy you know whenever you want that would probably be a very very powerful tool in your arsenal to be able to use right because basically you can use it at will so then it, it you, you know it's it's amazing it's an amazing idea it, it's not going to change you as a person right as we're trying to say here but when you're about to push on that button on the computer that maybe you shouldn't be pushing on right you could use it at that point in time to stop you to do, from doing that to block right so that's the idea that we have to get into from chapters 20 to 25 is how do i in fact use this energy you know on a on a day-to-day basis even when i'm not put into that situation where someone's standing above me god forbid and saying bow down to this or else but it's instead it's just me you know wanting to control my own my own uh uh taivas and whatever other nonsense that i have going on in my head can you do it? Do you do that? Do I do it? Uh, I, you know, the question is, can I perfect this? It's a, it's a work in process. Are there not cases, though, where people have been put in such a situation, like where they uh, either can die or do something and they choose not to? So this is an interesting question. That's why the author of it says al-haroiv here. He uses those words al-haroiv. Because it could be that sometimes they will look at just the chitonius, right? The panemius are not able to. There's basically two categories. We have to, I have to stop. But there's two categories of people that would not. Number one, a person who's going to, let's say he's going to India to search, right? So he's out of his own volition uh, going on this journey, so to speak. So that's one type of person. The second type of person is the person that he does make that choice to be chitzonious, you know, let me bow down. And I'll just bow down now and I'll get on with the rest of my life afterwards. So that is that is the second type of person why it says Al Haraiv here. It doesn't happen that frequently, but it does it could happen. But even that person it's not it's not an internal thing. It's a totally external thing. So the question is why does that happen? That's an interesting question. He's gonna discuss it maybe a little bit more later. All right, let's stop here.